0: The worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having an absolutely blessed day today, as always. A lot of stuff going on is normal. And one thing that I wanted to kinda of address and this weekend again I was back in Daytona Beach two weekends in a row. Don't ask me why, but <laughs> I had to I went up there and took the kids out on the beach basically they wanted to go. And I told you guys the weekend before last, I was out there for a big uh, truck expo they had at the Speedway. And the attitude and the demeanor of a lot of people out there was pretty much simply non compliance with these Unbelievably restrictive mass requirements, especially in hundred degree temperature out in the sun. And so I was very pleased to see that. And this weekend I went back and that was not going on. There was no big event or anything. We just took a bunch of families and took the kids out there and went to the beach. And I found real quick that apparently, when there's not a huge truck event going on and people are being non compliant, there is still a huge swath of Daytona Beach that is. Vastly compliant with the mask laws and uh, didn't really have any issues until we tried to go to a uh, real nice restaurant over by Daytona One. It's an area across from the speedway. And uh, they formally rejected us being able to come into the store. I walked in and basically asked them if we could get a table. And she said, Oh, well, those tables are already booked. And I said, Okay, well, what about this table over here? Oh, that table's already taken too. All, all these tables basically are taken. And the restaurant's like a quarter full. mid-afternoon it's not busy at all i said how are all those tables already pre-booked she goes, well they have reservations i said they have reservations at you know three o'clock in the afternoon on sunday i said how is that possible well you're not wearing a mask i said whoa has that changed real quick i said no we're not wearing a mask i have a health condition she goes well you you have to leave I said, no, you cannot forcibly remove me from a building because I have a health condition. That's blatant discrimination, violation of the American Disability Act. Because we're a private business. You don't understand. You can't be in here without a mask. I said... Nobody else has a mask on in here. She goes, well, they're seated. (laughs) I said, oh, so when they're seated, it's okay for them not to wear a mask. I said, I've already had this argument 50 times with people. I said, obviously, you don't understand the lunacy of it. I said, but I have a medical condition, and you cannot discriminate me. She goes, well, it doesn't matter. You cannot be in here without a mask on. I said, you're not understanding me. So we went back on this for about a minute. I was just the manager, and all of a sudden, like, we're getting, like, in a really heated debate at the middle of the, you know, hostess table, and the entire restaurant's looking at us, and I'm like, this is turning into a giant debacle, like, this is ridiculous, and she goes, you guys can't be in here, and I said, you know what, I said, you have already shown me that I, nor my family, nor any of my friends that I ever hang out with will ever come into this store and support you guys again. I said, this is blatant discrimination with no reasoning whatsoever. If somebody has a medical condition, you do not have the legal authority to discriminate against them. And you were telling me I have to leave the building. And I said, this is an absolute travesty that you are doing this to this company and embarrassing yourself and your business name in front of all these customers. And at that point, I was incredibly vocal about it. And uh, so we left, went across the street to another real nice restaurant, walked in, didn't say a word, didn't care, let us eat, let us have a great meal, and it was fantastic. And, you know, I discussed with the group, because you know, there was a bunch of people with us, a bunch of kids with us, and they all got with us that, which was real embarrassing. And, you know, one of the girls was, she goes, man, she goes, why are you, like, so aggressive about this? She's like, I'm not trying to be rude, She's, I'm not wearing a mask either, she goes, but, you know, we could have just left. I said, the reason why I didn't just leave, and I said, is because this. I said, everybody in that restaurant, not everybody, but probably 90% of the people in that restaurant, don't like wearing masks. I said, Earl, they would be wearing one while they're seated. If they truly believe that the masks were doing something for the greater good, they would not even risk not wearing one while they are seated but none of them were wearing a mask while they were seated because they don't want to wear them because they're a nightmare to wear and they're hot and they don't do anything. And I said, nobody in there will stand up for what they believe. They will completely and totally capitulate and put on a diaper on their face just so they can walk to their table 15 feet away because they're told to do so. And I said, no, I don't enjoy getting in severe conflicts on a regular basis over a mask. I said, it's asinine. And quite frankly, I said, it's embarrassing. I said, if you think I like doing this and making a butt out of myself in front of people all the time? I said, I don't. I said, I really don't like doing it. I said, but at some point in time, we're going to have to say no to something. And I said, this right now is the easiest possible thing we can say no to. And I said, if we don't say no to it, it's going to become worse and worse and worse. Point and example. Now, an article just came out from the CDC on Friday that is now getting traction with multiple uh, basically media sites, mainstream media. And they're talking about how now restaurants are the main causes for COVID spreading. Kid you not, the CDC just came out with an article said community and close contact exposure associated with COVID-19 among symptomatic adults. And it says right here in the summary, findings from case control investigation of Symptomatic patients from 11 U.S. healthcare facilities found that close contact with people with known COVID-19 or going to locations that offer on-sale eating and drinking options were associated with COVID-19 positivity. Eating and drinking on-site at locations that offer such options are an important risk factor associated with SARS-CoV-2 infection. Efforts to reduce possible exposure is needed. So why are they doing this right now? Why is the last bit of freedom that people still have in this country to pretty much go to a restaurant and eat food and not wear a diaper on your face the whole time? Why is the CDC going after this? Even though the CDC came out three weeks ago and said that basically 6% of the population that's died from COVID actually died from COVID. The other 94%, 93% all had major underlying health conditions that caught COVID. And died. So, roughly six to nine thousand people in this entire country in the past six months actually died from COVID. Those were CDC's actual results. The reason why they're doing this is because the restaurant industry is one of the last lifebloods of keeping people out and social and spending money and keeping economy going. If you look at total numbers from restaurant.org, average on a monthly basis in the United States from eating and drinking places, which those eating and drinking places constitute pretty much any place you can buy and consume food. They make up about 75% of the total restaurant and food service sales. On an average month, about 65 to $66 billion a month in gross sales in aggregate in the United States, meaning the restaurant industry where you eat and drink comes up to roughly right under an $800 billion a year industry in the United States. So, I mean, you're you're a couple ticks below a trillion dollar a year industry. Well, the problem is this industry is one of the only things that's actually keeping the economy afloat right now in April. The total gross sales of all restaurants and any type of food sales in the United States in April dropped from $66 billion to $30 billion in April, more than half. And currently, even right now, it's still barely struggling to get the $50 billion. meaning it's starting to come back again very aggressively, but it's still not where it is because they're constantly keeping all these things restricted, especially the tables. You have to have tables in between everybody. They have to do everything they can to keep the economy going as slow as they can for as long as they can to prevent hyperinflation and keep the velocity of money from increasing, if that makes sense. So the reason why I say this is, understand that while we all have a choice on what we want to do, understand that the more we continue to capitulate and allow them to put further and further restrictions on what we do, how we live, where we go, how we do it, asking permission to do minor things like we're prisoners, all these things are equaling up to a huge, huge problem in this country, and it's not COVID. It's a tyrannical overthrow of a constitutional republic in this country. And at the same time, you see the wildfires. You see Antifa members taking credit for starting these wildfires now in the West to make people notice climate change is complete and total crap. They're trying to get as much chaos started in the United States as possible. Just like in Pennsylvania, if you guys saw yesterday, officers shot that one guy that came out of the house running at them with a knife, and blatantly they said Munoz was awaiting trial currently for stabbing and seriously injuring four other people, including a six-year-old boy last year. And they basically lit him up. He came out with a knife over his head, chasing the officer. The officer lit him up, killed him. Protest. Guys, these aren't protests from... Con- you know Cognitive thinkers These aren't protests From law abiding citizens These are protests From paid communist agitators Just like in 1917 So I want everybody To be aware of this Realize what's going on And continue To stand by your convictions On whatever you believe On this dad
1: You know Austin The whole thing about this and, and when I see And I hear you do this I'm I'm actually proud of you For doing this Because I mean we all have to do this Because the people in that restaurant who are being offended by what you're doing or your friends that are with you that are asking you why you're doing this, they don't understand that you're standing up for their civil liberties and their civil rights and their ability to go freely and unmolested in their, on their way. You see, and this is what the communist group think. Okay, I, I wasn't going go to go there today, but I'm going to go here today because I've got, I've got to cover this. You know, back in the early 1900s, there was a massive exodus of communists primarily jewish folks who had been persecuted via the russian revolution in the united states we've covered that i mean we're not i'm talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands that's what that was, that was what, re, what was recorded it was probably closer to a million and and this is this basically brought a lot of these people who were from the upper echelon in russia who had been persecuted as jews into the united states now these people were communists And these people basically came into our university systems and started teaching their communist ideology in the university systems and pushed most of the major cities around the United States in which they went into, into massive democratic strongholds to allow them to push you know, their socialism and communist ideals. This is why the Democratic Party was run primarily from the communists from that point forward. And so we need to understand that. Then we have people like Bernadine... Bernardine Dorn I'm going to read her quote to you uh, killing a cop just because he's a cop that'll happen and that should happen and there's nothing inhuman about it at all it's survival it's the most human thing in the world now why would she say that well we've got to go back to who she was now remember she was pardoned by Clinton remember she was pardoned by Clinton Uh, she was basically uh, born 1942 and here we go her, first, her actual Jewish name was Ornstein, and she's a retired law professor and a former leader of the Radical Weather Underground. As a leader of the Weather Underground in the early 70s, Dorn was on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list for several years. She remained a fugitive, even though she was removed from the list after coming out of hiding in 1980. Uh, Dorn pleaded guilty to misdemeanor charges of aggravated battery. Dorn had graduated from the University of Chicago Law School in 67, During the 80s, she was employed at the Sydney and Austin Law Firm. By the way, they're the same ones who pushed and got aspartame approved on the market, which is a brain cancer-causing agent. It's an artificial sweetener. From 1991 to 2013, Dorn was a clinical associate professor of law (laughs) at the Children and Family Justice Center at Northwestern University of Law. Uh, She is married to Bill Ayers. Of course she is, the co-founder of the Weather Underground. Now, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, Her father was Jewish. Her mother, Dorothy Soderberg, was Swedish. And you can go back and you can read all of this. I've got it all posted as to who this person was. Now, she's not actually the one that was pardoned by Bill Clinton. It was another one who was pardoned by Bill Clinton, who was another communist group tank tank person. And her name was... She was also Jewish, Susan Rosenberg. And uh, (laughs) this convicted terrorist, Susan Rosenberg, she sits on the board of directors for the fundraising arm of Black Lives Matter. (laughs) Of course she does. Uh, She was convicted for the 1983 bombing of the United States Capitol building. Listen to this. She was convicted for the 1983 bombing of the United States Capitol building the u.s naval war college and the new york patrolman's benevolent association she was associated with three different bombings she was released from prison after serving 16 years of her 58-year prison sentence when bill clinton of course he did commuted her sentence on his last day in office i mean you can't make this stuff up these are hardcore communist people that have nothing besides the overthrow of the united states these people are hardcore communists and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the majority of them, not all of them, the majority of them have Jewish backgrounds, which means they weren't trained in Christianity. I say it that way. They were trained that basically they were t- t- taught from the Babylonian Talmud that, you know, sex with a three year old is okay, that, you know, abortion is okay, homosexuality is okay, that Jesus Christ was a demon possessed sorcerer, that's who he was, the Virgin Mary was a whore. This is what they were taught as children, okay? and this morning Sharon got up and she was about 6 o'clock and she was working on her Instagram and somebody had sent something to her news feed and it was basically F-U-Word Jesus Christ and and she said that she actually was overwhelmed with emotion by this she started weeping and crying this morning because of what they were saying about Jesus now guys why would they do that well because for thousands of years this group have had a atavistic hatred, a lifelong generational hatred of Jesus Christ if if you remember let's go back in some history about 175 BC they had a man who claimed to be the Jewish Messiah and he helped deliver the Jews in Israel from the Greek oppression and he basically claimed to be the Messiah, well the problem is he got killed, he died and they didn't know what to do because suddenly this guy who was supposed to lead them in a conquest to take over the world basically had died so they were frustrated that he was not the messiah that he had died well jesus came in about you know 175 years later and jesus came in and said hey look i've not come to conquer the world but i'm coming to give my life for the world so they were confused they didn't understand this they couldn't understand how jesus loved the world who was god's only begotten son they thought he was going to come in with power and with a sword and slay the romans and basically take over the world and rule from israel that's who they thought he was supposed to be. Well, suddenly he gets whipped and scourged and everything else. In fact, some historians actually say that Judas Iscariot turned Jesus in to force his hand to basically make him take power. Now, I don't know if I believe all of that or not, but that's what some people believe, that Judas was basically doing all that, trying to force Jesus to do what he thought Jesus was supposed to do as a conquering Messiah. Now, the Jewish people became very, very angry because so many Jews at that point after Jesus died and was resurrected and he appeared to so many people sort of accepting Christ as their Messiah because they couldn't understand that mindset of Christ being a sacrifice the shedding of his blood the redemption of us to bring us back to God and accepting all these other people including Gentiles into the body of Christ they couldn't understand that so many of the Jewish leaders at that time actually rejected it now some of the Jewish leaders said hey look you can read this in the book of Acts if this is from God you're going to find yourself fighting against God. If this is just another man, it's just another cause, it'll pass. But in the meantime, you kind of need to leave it alone, because if it is from God, you're going to have a problem with this. See, and so this is the mindset that happened thousands of years ago with the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people. Remember, Jesus had already called the Jews in the temple, basically the sons of Lucifer. He'd called them out for being the Kabbalists, which they weren't called Kabbalists at that point. They were practicing the ancient Egyptian mythology religions and the Canaanite religions of the sacrificing of their children to Baal and Asherah and Moloch. They were still doing that, and that's why he called them the children of the devil. And so they really didn't have a positive, feel-good experience with Jesus. And so they hated him because of what he said to them in the temple. And then in the book of Revelation... You know they're called the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews but are not because Jesus was calling them out because they were not true Abrahamic children. They were basically, they consider themselves, I guess, to be the children of Cain, to be the sons of perdition, to be basically the spawn of Lucifer himself. Now this is not all Jews. God's got we got to keep that straight in our heads. Just like, look at this mess with Jerry Falwell. This guy, I don't even believe, number one, he's a Christian. I don't believe his wife's a Christian at all. But, you know, they're lumped together with us as far as Christians. And then you get all these name-it-claim-it-blab-it-grab-it preachers on TV. Half of them, I don't even believe, are saved. They're doing it to try to manipulate people to give them money. So we have a lot of people that are, quote-unquote, under the Christian tent that aren't Christians. They're not followers of Christ. Just like you have a lot of people under the, quote, Jewish tent who still follow the Torah. They don't really follow the Talmud. They follow the Old Testament as far as the five first books of Levitical law. So we can't throw everybody into this mess. There are very, very strong... I've got a friend of mine. He's Jewish. He's very strong conservative. He was actually down in medical school in Grenada when it was invaded by Ronald Reagan. He was thrown out of the medical school there and started back in the medical school here in the United States and became good friends with Ronald Reagan and was on the speaking circuit with Ronald Reagan for several years after the thing had happened with Grenada. And he's a hardcore conservative Republican. And he's Jewish. So we can't say that all of these folks are basically part of the weather underground and all of these folks are basically Kabbalists because they're not. But they're not Christian either. We've got to understand that. And it's the Christian thought the christian work ethic the protestant work ethic that created the, the whole world that we live in now in our western culture i mean the catholic church dominated and controlled the entire planet on the western hemisphere you know for 1500 years including all of europe And then Martin Luther finally said, you know, you guys have gotten yourselves corrupt. Here's what you're doing. You're selling indulgences or get-out-of-hell free cards. You can't be doing this kind of stuff because it doesn't tie together with what the Word of God says. And then the Gutenberg Press came out, and they started printing the Bible. And most of the peasants couldn't read at that point. But then they started learning how to read, and people started saying, wait a minute. This isn't what the Bible says. Why are you guys doing this? And then we got caught up in the traditions of the Catholic Church. And, of course... A lot of people have left the Catholic Church because of what they've done and what they've done as far as twisting of Scripture. So, guys, here's the point. I'm not saying all Catholics are like that either. There's some Catholics, and I have a good friend of mine who's a Catholic too. He's a God-fearing man who loves Jesus Christ. And he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's been born again. And so we have to understand that not everybody gets thrown into the same bathwater with all of this other weird stuff. Now, I'm going to say, says, I'm on a little tear here, let me go ahead and stay on it for a second. A lot of people are canceling Netflix now because after this outrage that happened about this cuties film that showed these underage girls simulating sex acts. I mean, seven, eight-year-old girls, and they're simulating sex acts on Netflix. Now, we have to ask ourselves a question. Why is it that we've got these people out there that are basically like Netflix that are doing all of this stuff and... And basically causing so many problems in the United States. I mean, why is it that these guys are doing this? Well, we've got to look at who these people are. And we need to think about boycotting them. But most of these guys are basically Kabbalists. We have to get that. And now let's, let's, and the founder of Netflix, this is the craziest thing you guys are ever going to see. The guy who runs it. You know, you got to realize that Reed Hastings is, is Jewish. Okay, He's the one who basically is the head guy, and he's founded Netflix. There's a picture of him online wearing a skirt, a dress, in a woman's cheerleading outfit while he was in college. You think, really? I said, well, yeah, yeah. So, so Netflix is bad. And then some other Kabbalah-controlled things that we know of are Google, Facebook. And I can give you names if you'd like. Uh, Google was founded by Larry Page and Sergey Byrne in 1998. Facebook, you might you know we already know that was Zuckerberg. YouTube, we need to realize that Susan Wojcicki is also involved with all of this stuff. Wikipedia, you need to also who they are. Jimmy Wales founded that. Ask.com, you got to take a look at this one too. This was Garrett Gruner. And Tumblr it was David Karp. Netflix was Reed Hastings. Wix.com was Avisha Abrahami. Quora.com. Was basically founded by Bob Rosenschein. Twitter, <laughs> almost, I hate to do this, was, was Noah Glass. Vimeo, yes, that was founded by Zach Klein. Uh, Yahoo who was founded by its current well, its current CEO is Marissa Meyer. and I know about Yahoo, but I'm not going to go into there. The founder was also a Kabbalist. Uh, Pinterest, you got to look at that. That was Bill Ben Silberman. Ehow.com. You've got to find out that that was Richard Rosenblatt. Dailymotion.com, that was Benjamin Bejabambaum. B-E-J-B-A-U-M-Baum. LinkedIn, uh, that was also founded by Reed Hoffman. PayPal, that was all. Are you guys getting the point here? Dan Schulman. And Snapchat was founded by even Spiegel. And so we have to look at who these guys are. And pretty much they're all Kabbalists. Now, the other thing you have to ask yourself and this is so important, is who funded these groups? Who funded these major media groups in order to allow them to get this big? Well, that's easy, too. That was the international banking cartels that are pretty much all cabalists. So, So you ask yourself a question. Why is this thing so corrupt? Why is it so nasty? Why is it so awful? Well, you've got to understand why. Because of all the people that came into the United States, from the Soviet Union, from Russia. I mean, you've got to remember, the, the immigration, there were, from 1891 to, eight, to 1900, when all this was going on in Russia, 593,000 593, of these communists came into the United States. 1.6 million came in from 1901 to 1910. And then from 1911 to 1914, 868,000 came in. And then from 1915 to 1917 during the war, still 43,000 came in. This is from Wikipedia, I'm reading you this. and you can I posted it on our website, and, it, and what it says, it's, it's Russian-Americans. Now, again, I'm not saying that all Russian-Americans are communists. I'm not saying that they're all Jewish, but I'm saying that the Russian-American Jewish population that came in with these numbers in these times, and we need to understand they're hardcore socialists who were basically raised and basically taught communism is the best. Now, the irony of all of this stuff is they came into this country because of religious persecution, the vast majority of them because they were Jewish in Russia. And they came into this country and they brought the same ideals and the same Kabbalist teaching into the United States to try to convert the United States over to the hellhole they just left. This doesn't make any sense. And did you get all these people from the weather underground? That was a very subversive group of people back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. I mean, a lot of them went to prison. And we've got to get the fact that when this all happens, that it changes the culture in the United States, especially when these guys basically get put into positions of power and authority, and these guys end up being in the university systems teaching our children. And this is the biggest deal that we've got right now that's happening in the United States that nobody wants to talk about because it's not politically correct to talk about it. Why? Because the Kabbalists control the media. Now we've got Q, Q Anna, which is real nice. I mean, this whole psychop from the CIA. It's going global. I mean, it is spreading across the world now. Why is that? You know, it is shadowing the COVID-19. Well, the reason for that is the people who are promoting QAnon are the ones that are promoting a one-world government. Don't you think the CIA, the NSA, and all of these different shadow-banning organizations would prevent this show from being promoted heavily online and many other shows – don't you think that they have the ability to stop any QAnon chatter on the internet? Of course they do. They can shadow ban every one of these big leaders with QAnon, but they don't want to because they're the ones that are promoting it. How many times have I told you guys, You know, when you find somebody who comes out of obscurity, and no one's ever heard of them, all of a sudden they're getting tens of millions of views, tens of millions of hits, and you're like, what the heck? The reason that happens is because they're being promoted by the mainstream cabalists who want that message going out to confuse the population and the masses and to bring in their new world order. And the QAnon people are being told of things that are complete nonsense. And now Pence is going to one of their meetings, and so is Trump, in order to make people who are Christians stand down and not say anything and not be involved with who these clowns are. Are and what they're doing around the world. It all goes back to the same people again, these communists that have come into the United States and who have subverted our culture. You know, it's interesting. There was an article here, and uh, it was from Prophecy Tracker. And I mean, all these things, by the way, all these articles I'm reading here are posted on our website. It says, Erst Rome, Maximilian Rogerspeer, and the Democratic Party stormtroopers. And they're talking about in 1933, Hermann Goering was appointed a Minister of the Interior, the police com- com- commissioner of Prussia. One of Goering's first innovations was a radical change in the priorities of police, including specific restrictions of police activities. The novelty of Goering's approach was that he departed from the socialist tradition of demanding the abolition of the police, which was first proposed by Vladimir Lenin, basically a communist, a quarter of a century before the described events in this article, the April thesis of 1917. Another radical proposal of Russian communist socialists, the closure of prisons prisons and the release of all prisoners. Well, of course they are, because they want those people to be on their side. But you could read through this entire article, and I'm going to end up taking over this entire show with this. I don't want to do that today. But this is what's happening in the United States that nobody wants to talk about. This is, this is, the, I'm going to be on with Jeff Rents tonight, and I'm going to be going into detail with this in even more depth. But guys, it's so important to understand that we've been basically taken from within. Because of our lax immigration policies and the early 1900s and late 1800s when we allowed millions of these subversive people to come into the United States who were not basically American who were communists to come into the United States and to subvert our culture subvert our Hollywood subvert our well create the Hollywood and all the filth that we get with that and the Netflix and the filth and the filth and the filth and the filth these are the guys who did all of this stuff and we have to understand Ronald Reagan tried to warn us about this he spoke out against communism for a decade you know, he was working for General Electric. He would go out and do seminars and speeches all over the country. That's why he was such a good speaker. Ronald Reagan would talk about what communism was. McCarthy tried to warn us back in the fifties that they had come in and taken over the United States and come into the, our government and taken over Hollywood, and they actually put a blacklist together of people who were communist sympathizers and supporters and carriers of the communist socialist cards. They were communist members. That was their that was their political party. They were all Hollywood people. And they were massive amounts of these people in Hollywood were all socialist communists coming in to destroy the culture of the United States. It was all through the Frankfurt School. It was all through the Russian immigration. Guys, you got to see what happened. And that's how we found ourselves in this mess. And it's a mess. Ugh. Austin, what do you think?
0: No, it really is. Sure, you're right about it. And that's why. We continue to try to expose this all the way to the the deep level of what it is. So, I mean, if if you're a listener, you're a long-time listener, you may have heard some of this stuff before. But the reason why Dad and I reiterate this on a regular basis is because you have to dig down and understand what's going on. Because if not, you fall into the typical left-right mindset where it's, oh, it's the Democrats are doing this or the Republicans are doing this. And I'm not saying that there aren't numerous people involved in both sides of that that are involved in the communist overthrow of the United States, or the attempted overthrow, I should say but you have to see how it goes all the way down the line, and that's why I've continued to do the best we can to, you know, talk about this and discuss this. Also, too, on top of that, remember I have told you how a lot of aspects of the social credit score in China have come over to the United States now? Well, now China has taken it a whole nother step further, and they have combined the coronavirus track and trace system with the country's notorious social credit score now. Exactly what I told you they're going to end up doing, and exactly what they're trying to implement here in the United States goes on to say in one of the articles here the totalitarian social monitoring has now reached a new level. The local government of China's Jingsong province has launched a new social control system that combines the CCP's health code program with the regime's social credit score system to create what they are calling as a civilization code. It's you not. The new system ranks each citizen via civilization code and then places them in a category which determines whether they get priority access to services or are punished and restricted the new system represents an expansion of the social credit score like anything seen before and is being initially rolled out in a city of suhal and will apply to everyone over the age of 18 and will f- move to further cities in the coming months and what's crazy about this is we've discussed how even up to end of last year china was bragging about how many they had Tens of millions of people, they had stopped from purchasing planes, plane tickets, train tickets, and so forth if you did anything or did something that devalued your social credit score. Now, why are they doing this? And why are they trying to implement it here with the whole track and trace system and everything they're trying to do to slowly get you normalized to being tracked, monitored, watched, and completely controlled on a regular basis? There's a reason why both of these things are happening in each country. China's years ahead of us as far as on how invasive they are in controlling free speech and shutting down any type of dissenting voices. The reason why they're doing this with the COVID now is because there's so many people that are starting to get fed up with what's going on over there as well, with more restrictions on top of what they already have. So now if you're not compliant, you don't wear a mask out in public, you get vocal somewhere, you do anything they don't want you to do involving COVID now, even if it doesn't break your normal social credit score, it now does because it involves COVID. This is getting implemented in the United States right now as we speak. They've been working on it for months. That's what the whole track and trace app system was built upon, was to go in and allow your phones to talk to every other phone anywhere you go. And if anybody's exposed to anybody that's exposed to anybody, it notifies you. And eventually, as I talked to you about they've been working on, they want to give people a risk assessment score, meaning if you're not compliant, if you don't stay at home, if you go to too many places, such as the CDC is now saying restaurants, you go to too many restaurants, your risk score is going to become too high. Once your risk score comes too high, they may not let you do certain things, like get on a plane or get on a train or travel here or there, anywhere you want to go, because your risk score is too high. Notice Delta's already ejected hundreds of people off their plane now and created a no-fly list. They've already started doing that, and numerous other airlines have been quietly doing it. What happens when we reach a point now where they start to slowly implement this stuff? Like when I went in to the restaurant on Sunday to try to eat. And they basically, essentially, forcibly ejected me and my family out because I told them we had a medical condition, I couldn't wear a mask. And I got very, very vocal, basically had to make a giant scene in there. What would have happened now, once they start having systems in place, would they have flagged me on facial recognition software and say, oh, there's Austin Brower again, He's basically making a complete and total butt out of himself. He's being way too vocal. He is talking way too much about COVID and being non-compliant. We have to lower his civilization score down. This isn't going to work. We have to keep dropping a score, dropping a score, dropping a score until he can't even go to Publix and buy food anymore. We have to drop him low enough. He is non-compliant. You have to force him into compliance. You don't think they have the ability to watch and monitor everything you do? Why don't you go to Disney World a couple times and do something and find out what happens? I already told you what happened to me last year when I walked down to downtown Disney, which is not Disney World. It's an entity of Disney World. You don't have to pay. You don't have to go through security. You don't have to go through a checkpoint. You just walk in. It's basically like an outdoor mall area and within minutes of being in there I had a canine officer accost me basically asked me if I was carrying a firearm and I had a jacket on I was well-dressed had my kids with me we did not look shady at all walks up to me and says my dog alerted to you do you have a firearm on you I'm like well I'm not gonna lie then, then now I've already dealt with that before i telling you right now, the best thing to do is if you have law enforcement, always be honest about that situation. Do not lie to them. I'm telling you right now. Now, if they come over and they say, how fast were you going? you get pulled over for speeding? Quite frankly, if you're not looking at a speedometer, I really don't remember. I don't know how fast I was going. You don't incriminate yourself. But you officer walks up to you with a canine, and he asks you if you're carrying a firearm. Don't try to get out of and say, no, I'm not carrying a firearm, because they already knew I was carrying a firearm before he walked up to me because I got flagged on facial recognition, which I found out later on. Which flagged my concealed carry permit, which flagged me right on point. They told to have law enforcement basically escort me off the premises because I would not remove my firearm. <laughs> This is what they already have in place. Disney World was a test bank for that. That's what Epcot was all about. It was designed to see how many cameras, how effective the facial recognition software could get, and how well you could monitor a very small civilization and a very controlled group and see how well you could get them to comply. And they've done just so with that. Now look at Disney. If you go to Disney and you walk around without a mask on, they eject you from the... the this, this, uh, Disney World, They eject you from the premises. You have to go to certain areas where they, they are eat and drink only areas. And you can go there, sip water, eat food, have to put your mask back on and walk. You cannot walk or eat and drink at the same time without a mask on. They will eject you immediately. And I promise you, they will eject you immediately. This is what they're building on a global scale all around us. The problem is the United States is a very, very rebellious country for good reason, because we don't trust totalitarian authority that wants to rule with an iron fist over us. This is the entire premise of the Revolutionary War. We still have that in our system. They do not know what to do about it because of how heavily armed we are. So they're trying to do a soft coup over the United States, and anything they, they can via fear and control through a pandemic to say, okay, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. It's for your protection. It's for your health. What's ironic about it now, because so much criticism has landed on Fauci over the last few months, as far as refusing to discuss anything natural to do. He actually came out now in an interview and said vitamin C and D3 are good for you to take right now. I kid you not, he finally said it, and I can tell you why. He has gotten so much blowback on social media, mainstream media, and alternative media for refusing to even discuss anything that can be done from a natural standpoint. I mean, I've looked at comments. I mean, I'm talking – this man has been blasted for good reason. And he was in an interview basically discussing what was going on on live air. And he said, if you're deficient in vitamin C, that does have an impact on your susceptibility to infection. I would not mind recommending, and I do it myself, taking vitamin D supplementation. The other vitamins that people should take is vitamin C because it's a good antioxidant. So if people want to take a gram or so of vitamin C, that would also be fine. This is Fauci. This is the one six months ago who said there's nothing we can pretty much do except huddle in our house, be scared, not go anywhere, and pretend it's all going to go away And a 14-day flatten-the-curve effort that has now turned into a six-month complete and total lockdown, don't do anything unless we tell you you can do so lockdown, and it's done nothing to change it. This is what they're doing. And he finally had to do this now because of all the blowback. This is the only reason he brought this up. If you'd have brought this up six months ago, I promise you it would have changed the entire direction of how people felt about it. Because they would have said, man, Fauci's talking about vitamin C and D3. It's not just Austin and Ted talking about it now. Fauci's actually talking about it, The, the blithering bobblehead that acts like he controls the entire country. This is what they do all the time. They try to put out some information occasionally to get people's attention in a positive light because of all the blowback and negative publicity that he has gotten. So now he's trying to do something to save his name. Oh, now I went on record saying you can take vitamin C and D3. I recommend you take it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm against it at all. Not said a single whimper about it for six, seven months, and now he's coming out about it. This is classical psychological warfare with what these guys are doing to us right now. And it's time that America stand up and look tyranny in the eye and say, not today, guys. Not today. Not on my watch. We're not going to handle it. Everybody needs to stand their ground on this. I know tomorrow, September 15th, they're discussing a national No Mass Day. This has been going on on social media all over the place. And I'm, I'm like, well, I already don't wear one, but I encourage everybody at some point in time, it's enough is enough. Because that's what I told everybody over the weekend when this constant mask thing was going on, this the, you know topic was coming up. I said, when is enough enough? That's my next question. When do the masks come off? At one point in time do we say the masks obviously don't work via research and scientific literature that we've researched over the last five, six, seven years now. At what point in time do we say, no, we're done with it. We're no longer going to do this. Because right now it's open-ended. There is no end. Remember, Dave Hodges called this out six months ago, five months ago, when they started doing the phase reopening, phase one, phase two, phase three. He goes, there's no end to phase three. There is no final phase. There is no closing. There is no wrapping up. There is no finality. It's done. It's phase three, and that's it. But what happens in phase three? There's still restrictions. There's still clauses. And then if you fail phase three, you go back to phase one again and start over. This is what they've been continuing to do all across the country. There is no closing. This is the goal, and this is the point, because you do not have a goal or end point. They gave us a number and said, hey, when we reach this number, we're good. They basically said, if you look at the phases, when there are essentially no more new cases of flu or COVID-like illnesses that pop up in a 14-day period, we're basically going to move on. That's physically impossible. You're never gonna reach a point where in the entire United States for two weeks straight, you do not have somebody get sick or get some type of respiratory illness or get some type of flu-like symptom. That's physically impossible with this size of a population. They know that. They made the goal unattainable on purpose. So understand what's going on. Continue to realize what's being done to everybody from a psychological standpoint, and by all means, Take your vitamin C and your D3 and keep your immune system strong. Dad and I hammer that stuff every day. That's why we can go, go, go like we do all the time and continue to keep a really strong immune system. D3, I like to take 10 to 20,000 IUs a day with K2. That's my personal dosage. However, I do get blood work to make sure I keep a healthy level on that. Vitamin C, I microdose it three to four to five times a day, anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams, multiple times a day throughout the day. Vitamin C is water soluble. You need to take it multiple times throughout the day, that is an incredibly important nutrient as well. That's my stance on
1: that, Dad. Well, you know, Austin, it's, it's funny because, you know, Fauci's telling you to take a gram of vitamin C a day. That's a 1,000 milligrams. You know, the FDA says we only need like 60 milligrams. I mean, that's the ludicrous yeah. thing that they tell us to do. I mean, that's a, that's a, if you put in 60 milligrams of vitamin C a day, it'll prevent scurvy. In other words, you basically are right at the verge of having scurvy and having your teeth fall out because your gums basically can't hold your teeth anymore because you don't produce enough collagen because you don't have the vitamin C. So, but 60 milligrams will prevent scurvy-like symptoms. What? what? Well, yeah, that's, that's their recommendation. It's now a file she's coming in and telling you to take 15 times the, the USDA's recommendation of you know vitamin C. Well, that says something, doesn't it? I, I try to take every morning. I get up and I take like 1,500 milligrams as soon as I get out of bed. I, with my purple stick, in fact I do it. I mix, I, I mix in my purple stick, and I take like three capsules of the vitamin C, and I basically swallow it with my with my, with my purple stick first thing in the morning because I want to put the antioxidants into my bloodstream as quickly as possible. And I take at least three to four every night when I go to bed. I take at least three to five thousand milligrams of vitamin C every day, and sometimes in the middle of the day I'll take a couple more capsules and it really keeps your immune system super super strong along with the D3K2 along with the potassium iodide along with the zinc all of these things work together synergistically to give you body give your body like a supercharged immune system and it's so important to remember that oh by the way talking about this thing with the airlines, Austin, and them begging for money now at another bailout in Southwest this weekend. A mother of two was escorted from the Southwest Airlines flight because of a mask policy because a little two-year-old wouldn't keep on, you know, a mask because he was snacking prior to takeoff and wasn't wearing a mask. The little child was eating. And, you know, I've had four kids. I have four kids. I had four children. Raise them. Well, Sharon and I did we have been married 37 years. Austin's the oldest. And, you know, when you have a one-year-old or a two-year-old and they don't want to do something, you know, be quite frank with you guys, it's kind of hard to get them to do stuff if they don't want to do it, unless you want to just absolutely sit there and micromanage them and put the mask back on, mask back on, mask back on, and have them screaming and yelling at the top of their lungs the entire time on the airplane with nothing but just absolutely making everybody around you miserable because of the way they're yelling. And I've seen it so many times with people on airplanes, with their kids screaming the entire time. So here's the mother trying to keep the kid from screaming, letting the kid snack on some nuts or whatever she was snacking on. The kid doesn't have a mask on. Well, the kid's eating. Put a mask on it. We're going to escort you off the plane. It's happening every single day now. People are being escorted off aircraft because of the social credit score that we're implementing from the Chinese. See, this all happened with 9-11. 9-11 was the trigger for all of this. 9/11. In fact, if you read David Icke's book, now I don't agree with everything David Icke says, and he's not a Christian, but he wrote a book called The Trigger. And it's funny, it didn't do real well. Some of his books have done really, really well. This one didn't do real well. And why is that? Because he went into the Third Temple, he went into the Kabbalists, and he went into what's going on and who runs the planet. In fact, he finally ends up calling them the cult. That's what they are. He just says it's the cult that runs the world. He, he won't even call them Kabbalists anymore. He just calls the cult that runs the world because he got so tired of the blowback from all of this stuff. And he's right. You could do that. You could, you could say they're the sex death cult. Jeffrey Epstein, remember that all of these girls, the stuff that's happening on Netflix, Netflix, all of the sex death cult, basically ancient Canaanite religions were a sex death cult of human sacrificing children. It's all back together with what they're doing right now. And so, this is what's happening on the planet right now, so we need to realize it's kind of like in 1933, you can, you can go ahead and do this. Remember I told you in 1933, Samuel Untermeyer declared war on Germany. Now, you can look it up, and I've got it posted on our website. 19. 19- 1933, anti-Nazi boycott. The anti-Nazi boycott was an international boycott of German products in response to violence and harassment by members of Hitler's party against Jews following his appointment as Chancellor of Germany in 1933. The boycott was spearheaded by some Jewish organizations but opposed by others. Now, the primary one who pushed this was the same one who basically blackmailed Woodrow Wilson, Samuel Untermeyer and 1933, he got on WABC, and he did all of this, and he talked about this protest. I'm posting this off Wikipedia, guys, and what it says, it says that aftermath, that the boycott, here's what happened, aftermath and legacy. The boycott, instead of reducing the harassment of Jews in Germany, was one of the preludes to the destruction of the Jews during World War II and the Holocaust. You think, why would they do that? Well, it was all planned. It was all staged to create Palestine, to create Israel, to create the rebuilding of the Third Temple, to bring in the Antichrist. They believe, Lucifer's so arrogant that he believes that he can basically force scripture. He wants the book of Revelation to open up. He wants to have basically a war against Christianity and against God. And he's trying to force his hand outside of God's timing on all of this stuff to try to create the situation in which we will have a third temple. In which we will have the antichrist come out on on the steps. And we need to understand that all of this stuff was being done and promoted through the communists, through the Kabbalists who want to get rid of all world religions to bring us underneath a religion of lucifer you read albert pike's letter to manzini and manzini's letter to albert pike and you see the correspondence between the two of them talking about it and, and look and you say well that it can't be that bad well here's what here's look at this here's a transsexual satanist anarchist whose goal is f the police wins the gop nomination for new hampshire county sheriff i kid you not yeah they even say this is a quote hell of a candidate because this is like a hellish candidate, transsexual, Satanist, anarchist, whose slogan is F the police, wins the GOP nomination for New Hampshire County Sheriff. Aria DiMizio, a transsexualist, Satanist, has basically won this nomination from the GOP. You can't make this stuff up. And they got pictures of it here on the U.S. and the Sun, and you think, what the heck? And then she goes, This she's the high priestess of the Reformed Satanic Church, so she's running for law enforcement position to oppose the reckless partisan electoral system that allowed her to become the Republican nominee, which I have to admit is a reckless partisan electoral system that allowed her to become the Republican nominee. More than 4,000 people went into the voting booth on September the 8th, this week, and they all filled in the circle by the name, despite knowing absolutely nothing about the person they were nominating, To the most powerful law enforcement position in the the county because she put down herself as a Republican. She goes on to say that she won the election for the same reason Donald Trump, who was a hardcore Democrat his entire life, won the presidential election in 2016. She goes, What of Donald Trump, a Democrat who won the Republican nomination for president for exactly the same reasons I just won the Republican nomination for Cheshire County Sheriff? It's all a lie. It's all broken. Now, Okay, I will admit that's she's actually right about that, and she's just another weirdo. But, but guys, here's the point. Our system is messed up. People are voting for partisan politics regardless of what the person they're voting for does or says. It can't be that way. Guys, if you're a Christian, you need to be promoting Jesus in everything that you do to the best of your ability. You need to be standing up for your rights. I posted a YouTube video of a pastor talking about why Christians should have guns. I posted it on our Health Masters website. You guys need to watch this. And he goes into detail about what Jesus said about basically them being armed, having a sword, and all kinds of other things. Very unique take on this. But as Christians, we have to stand up against this. This is the reason that the communists have been able to do what they've done in the United States. Because Christians, and basically the pulpit pastors who won't preach the truth, won't come out against this stuff. We've got to start telling the people the truth whenever we get a chance. Guys, I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. I absolutely love you guys. And I appreciate you, and I don't have a chance to talk to you over the weekend. I miss you guys, but I still pray for you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Remember, I'm on Jeff Friends tonight. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And Also, be sure everybody, I'm sure, has seen this already. If you're in the Panhandle area, if you're in the Gulf area, they have another little hurricane. It's not a little one. It's actually a tropical storm, though, coming right back in almost the same place that it did again a few weeks ago where that hurricane came in and sped up. I have a real good friend of mine. actually hung out with him some this weekend for the linemen. He was out in Louisiana for the last couple weeks working 16 hours out there, 16-hour shifts, getting all the lines back up, getting power back out. And uh, he said it's just it's a mess. And he said what's crazy to him about it, and he said mainstream media has talked virtually nothing about what happened in Louisiana, the devastation that went through there again. And all they want to talk about is just... The nonsense garble. He, he's real awake, and he said, "But it's crazy how horrible a lot of it is out there. I mean, a lot of these areas, I mean, just wiped out in some of the spots. I mean, just he said for miles, telephone lines and power lines just flat snap." <laughs> They have to fix them all. He said, which that's, that's what he gets paid to do. So he doesn't mind. He said, what was crazy is nobody wants to talk about it in mainstream media at all. All they want to do is talk about COVID and talk about this stupid rigged election that they're going to have again. So, again, there's another tropical storm coming in. I don't think this is coincidental. This is definitely something going on. A lot of times they call this, you know, basically a, a warm up or soft target to try to warm everything up at the beginning to get more and more people just kind of displaced to see what's going to happen, whether it be through storms, fires, you know what it is, it happens. Stay prepared for it the best you can and continue to be just waking up as many people as possible all around because these things are not going to stop. And that's why I've told everybody about you know Netflix. I mean, I, I happened to just get Netflix a couple weeks ago and I'm not paying for it. I found out I have T-Mobile, a business account with T-Mobile, and they give you free Netflix if you have T-Mobile. And I said, well, I canceled them three years ago, canceled them, flat shut them off, canceled them, done. And uh, they worked their way back in again and have them for free. Now I have to cancel free Netflix because of these perverts and what they're promoting. I encourage everybody to do the same. If you've watched any clips from that film and you really want to know what it's about, I don't encourage it, but I have watched a couple of them. I had to figure out what was going on with it when it first came out. Um, It's not just the fact that these girls are dancing unbelievably sexually and promiscuously, and it's not like these girls are 17, 18 years old. These girls are young. I mean, they're like 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, this film. It's also the cinematography and the focus of a lot of the scenes on what the filming is focusing on and their body parts. That's the most disturbing part to me is it was filmed intentionally to be as seductive as possible on these young girls that should never even have made a film like this, much less something that's this perverted and promotes pedophilia this aggressively. That's what I told you guys about it last week. So I encourage everybody, Netflix is done with me again. Now I have to cancel free Netflix. They work their way back into my house. They're out again, and I'll find another streaming system that doesn't produce and glamorize pedophilia because quite frankly, even the last couple of weeks I've had Netflix, half the films on there that Netflix has, they always have some extremely perverted homosexual scene in them. And I always shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. I'm sick of it. I'm over it already. I'm already burned out on Netflix for the last three weeks having them. And again, I'm shutting them off again. Everybody has to start having that resolve. I'm serious. If we don't start voting with our dollars on certain things that are as important as this, They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep promoting it. They're going to keep promoting it. And they're going to keep promoting it. And people are going to keep watching it. They're going to keep getting normalized to it. And it's going to continue to spread the filth and promote child trafficking and child sex slavery and pedophilia. And that is not something I can have any part of whatsoever in my household. I will not contribute to it. And that's exactly what Netflix has said they're aligning with now. They have fully aligned. They have set their foot on the stone and they said, nope, this film's okay. We promoted it. We've endorsed it. We're the studio production for it on online streaming. We own it now. Fine with me. They will not get any more of my non-free money. So now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with T-Mobile on top of that. So again, Thank you for the support of Health Masters, and thank you for continuing to get this information out there and stand your ground on your convictions. I cannot state that any more aggressively. Please, if you believe something, if you know something to be true, do the best you possibly can, because we're reaching a point in time to where everybody is compromising on something and I get it sometimes you have to do something to get something done I get it Whether you have a job or this or that but man when you have the ability especially to vote with your dollar and what you do and where you go and how you spend your money that is the most powerful tool you physically have that's why I've been so supportive of Publix a local supermarket have not said a single word to me at one point in time about masks. Do not care. Talk to the managers. Said it is not an issue. They will not address any customers not wearing a mask because it is not what they're going to do because it's not aligned with their values. They value good supermarket service and it always being a pleasure when you go to shop. there. That's their stance on it. So, again, thank you for the continued support of Health Masters as we continue to stay in this fight and bring you the news. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Lots of different products on sale, as always, including the HR5 coupon, which is active over the weekend. I think it's active for another day or two, 5% off. Hagman Report, Yeah, especially throughout there. The new thyroid support is back in stock. Very, very aggressive formula. Please look that up, that's a new glandular formula. We have some issues running in some rolls on the previous formula. We reformulated, decided to make it even better and more aggressive than before. So check that out, and the Sublingual B12 is on sale for product of the week. Vote for what you want to see win this Wednesday as well. Lots of stuff, as always. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, as always.